what up what up what up how's everyone doing out there um well, thank you for tuning in this is episode 11 of fatherhood wow. the involved father uh it's a very special one uh today uh so before i get started i like to reiterate the mission and the purpose of why i started this podcast and it's to inspire men all over the world who are fathers to consistently be involved and engaged in the lives of their children um i believe it's important that um you know us as parents and us as fathers uh we're heavily involved in every aspect of our kids lives um so this is a, a platform where i'm connecting dads with dads and you know just building a community of fathers uh, so with that being said uh you know i have a special guest um on this episode uh this this man is it's like a mentor to me uh someone who came into my life and had a, a tremendous impact on all levels, uh, taught me a lot of things. And we only known each other for a short period of time. Um, so uh, with that being said, uh, this is Mr. Steve Carrillo. Hmm. How's it going? Hey, Tamar, how are you? Good, good. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see uh, you. I'm very proud of you, man. This is a great, uh, great thing you're doing. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You know, I just wanna uh, thank you for taking the time to be here and speak today uh you know just to give the people out there a little background about yourself and the history and um you know, everything pertaining to to fatherhood so i just want to thank you yeah okay thank you so yeah so you know without with that being said uh you know give the listeners out there a little background and uh, a little history of yourself so um of course uh, my name is steve i'm married almost 30 years now. Uh, I have two sons. Michael is 25 and my son Matthew will be 24 from the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. Lived in San Diego for nine years and, you know, I work for New York Life and uh, I'm a financial advisor. And so I work with people with their, you know, anything from putting a budget together to retirement. I, um, I grew up in uh, San Jose, mostly I was born in San Francisco, grew up in San Jose. And uh, I have a dad and mom that have been buried for 65 years. Wow. So I had a tremendous and have a tremendous father figure that uh, I've had my whole entire life. Um, he's a godly man and he's someone that uh, is just a, a tremendous individual that's really had a tremendous influence on me. And he taught me a lot, which I'm sure we'll go into and had, um, some other godly men in my life, uh, a grandfather who lived with us for five years when I was very, very young, who made a major impact uh, to different men, but both equally talented, equally driven and equally organized and structured. And so I had some really good influences in my life and both came from very humble beginnings and, and just really decided that they were gonna make something of it. And it was all centered around family. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the relationship you had with your father growing up and, and how that you kind of shaped you into the man and the father you are today. So my dad growing up uh, is a very quiet man. He's from Brooklyn, New York, uh, which you wouldn't associate with somebody who's quiet, but uh, he's a very <laughs> quiet person. <Yeah. laughs> he's a more of an introvert pensive very very smart person worked uh, for two companies my his life that i knew him um he had something to do with the government and and um missiles is pretty much the only thing i knew um he was a nine or he was a 
So he'd go to work at 5.30 in the morning and by five o'clock he would be home. Hmm. Now he went to work early because that's the only place he could get a piece of uh, a piece of mind and some quiet to drink coffee and, and have a newspaper and not be bugged by the five kids he had. So he'd go early and uh, he'd work and he'd come home and we would, uh, when he'd get home, my brothers and I would wait for him on the, on the curb. Mm. And uh, he would drive up to the curb and he'd get out of the car and we'd run up to him and he'd take a few minutes and uh, he'd throw the ball with us. And then we'd all go in and wash up and have dinner every single day, 530, the same time every day that I lived there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it sounded like you had, you know, that was a, a very good bond you had with your, with your yeah. dad. Yeah. It's special. Right. Um, right. So you is all is all boys. You have um so there's four of us, four boys and one girl. Oh, wow. And my sister, of course, was the queen. My dad, you know, he put certain rules around my sister that uh, he would threaten our lives if we ever <laughs> stepped on my sister's toe, let alone anything else. Yeah. And he was all about, you know, protection of the family, protection of my sister. Yeah. And he was just a structured man. He just um, he loved his family. And, you know, our relationship was just um, mostly me watching him. You know, he would say some encouraging words, but to be frank with you, he was more about, um, I'm going to show you. And so we would just do what he did and he was organized. So he taught me how to be organized. He was efficient. So he taught me how to be efficient. He was, um, he was about, you know, all the holidays he would show us, show, show us all how to decorate so we did that and so we would just kind of follow him he wasn't a man of many words he yeah. was just a man of many actions and yeah. and so um i learned at a young age that i just needed to follow his actions and but i was a little bit like my mother in the sense that i always believed that um words of affirmation were also important so yeah. as i became a dad i thought it was very important to actually say things you know that would encourage as well as try to show action hmm. so like some of those uh principles and, and values that were installed in you at a young age you kind of that kind of carried over into your adulthood and you yes going into parenthood right right yeah. exactly that's awesome i think that uh like that model behavior is uh mm -hmm. is so right. important and setting that good example um that's that's something that uh you know i try to do every day you know just to Absolutely. set that good uh be like model behavior so my son is you know kind of picking up some the healthy the healthy aspects yeah. of of me yes um, absolutely so, yeah that's awesome uh so like how's a how's uh so being a father today uh what are some of the like did you before becoming a dad like what were some of the thoughts you had uh any any fears or any uh uh frustrations that you had like becoming like wanting to be a dad or was it something that you always like visions yourself <laughs> like yeah doing when you were young like oh like you know i want to have kids when i was very young you know there was a we had a lot of family that would come to visit us a lot of i always have loved kids yeah and so when i was even young i knew for a fact that i wanted to have kids i wanted a lot more kids but we have two and thank god but i've always wanted to have kids i've always wanted to be a dad i've always loved babies and little you know i just have always had that affection for the innocence and the just the pure you know you know they just 
loving them and just feel like they're so dependent on you and yeah. and they're malleable and i just love that i used to come home from work and pick up my sons and just kind of hold them as I throughout the evening and yeah. you know i just i loved having kids you know it's just a joy yeah i, I wanted to ask you too um you know as obviously we as men or and fathers we are uh more masculine obviously yeah. than our 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 wives and the the mothers um so how do you how do you express um your love and also like uh do you uh kind of teach any like the the feminine side you know of the, the emotional aspect yeah you know to be honest with you um that's a great thought i am very affectionate like my goal and this is something that i learned was that i wanted to tell my boys a million times that I loved them mm. and mean it. Um, in my way of culture, we hug and kiss every time. So my boy's 25, I still kiss on the yeah. cheek and both of my sons. I still hug them every time they let me. Um, I have no problem encouraging them, telling them I love them. I still call them baby. You know what I mean? There, there's, yeah. there's no difference between a mom and dad to me in affection because when they're in pain, if you're a man or a woman, you feel the same thing. Yeah. And so for me, I feel the same affection. I feel the same emotions probably as any woman would. Yeah. Right. There may be like when they're playing football, I make sure a different emotion or if they're in sports or, you know, you know, those types of things, I may have a different emotion um, maybe than a female, but when it comes to just pure love and, and just affection. I don't, I don't, I'm sure there are a lot of men that try to ride that I'm the macho of the house or whatever, but that's yeah. not me. I, yeah. I just affectionately love them. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. good to have that you know, kind of like that, that open, the open arms and the emotional yeah. availability, you know, mm -hmm. knowing that your, your sons know you're there to have someone to listen to them yeah. and not, you know, always tell them, Hey, like, this is how you should feel or how you should act and stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, it's something, you know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have growing up, you know, I didn't have the dad to kiss and hug and stuff like that. I've, yeah. I've seen it and I know right. what that looks like. Um, right. So that's uh, something that I made sure like being a father today and I'm learning that as well, like from that emotional aspect to, you know, to express my love like continuously and it's a perpetual mm -hmm. thing. Um, so love is love, you know, so gotta, yeah, gotta mean, love your kids. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't necessarily think you should baby them like, like a little baby, you know, because right. I think sometimes you can hurt them emotionally. You know, if they fall down and you go running every time when I'd be walking with my sons and they'd fall down, I'd keep walking. Yeah. And they just catch up. Right. But if I stopped and, you know, they cry, I'm like, well, what are you crying about? Well, am I, what, you know, so I, I, didn't, I didn't want to baby them like to hurt them. Right. If it was serious, obviously I'd be, you know, on top of it. But in terms of just the little things, you know, that's probably where we as men we just take it up, you know, because yeah. that's how life is, right? You know, right. skin your knee in life, you got to get back up. So I think in those ways, yeah, I did maybe, you know, just keep walking to get right back up and be okay, I'm okay. So all right, so let's keep, you know. So I think in yeah. those cases, I think you learn how to differentiate what that is. Mm -hmm. But in general, yeah, I mean there's there shouldn't be an affectionate difference of emotion because of male or female. Right. Right. That's a good My point. Opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So like having, having kids, two sons, um, before having kids and the man you are today, the father you are today, 
how has um, having two sons kind of shape you and uh, what type of things have you learned being a father that shaped you into the man you are today? You know, I think when you have good models, role models, you know, like the dad that I had, I think naturally, you know, you, you kind of have a tendency to follow suit. I think if you're a conscious dad, you realize what you did like or you didn't like, mm. and you, 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 you learn to become conscious of those differences because you know how it made you feel. Mm. So, you know, um, for example, my dad, um, you know, he worked and then he had to take care of my mom a lot. And he had four other kids other than myself. So when I played a lot of sports, there was not always time that he could come to my games. Mm. And he just didn't have the time. And he had other things he had to do. He was, you know, um, had to take care of my mom a lot or he was busy with that, the rest of the family. So oftentimes I would be playing sports and there, I wouldn't have any family there. And yeah. I played a lot of sports. And, you know, when I'd see other parents there, sometimes it would make me feel like, but then, you know, I thought, you know what, I, I'm okay. You know, I just kept going. Um, so when my sons came, um, when my son started playing sports, I changed careers. Mm. And it didn't hurt me from a career standpoint, but it gave me a lot more time. And since they were five or six years old, up until my son graduated from college and even played a year in the indoor football league, you know, other than the, the, than the ability to be, we never missed one of his games ever. Like his last two years of college at San Jose State, we traveled to all of his games every week. Yeah. So we'd never missed a game. So that was just a little thing that I thought was going to be something. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you know, my sons were homeschooled a couple of years by my wife. Yeah. And I was in a public school my whole life. My, my wife homeschooled them a few years. That gave me a lot of comfort yeah. because I knew they were in a safe place. And so knowing that was very peaceful to me. That was different than how I grew up. Yeah. But it, knowing that, you know, they were getting educated and they did very well in school was comforting to me. So I think all of that in your mind, you start to shape what it is that you like and you don't like, what it is that you're going to do and what you won't do. And so some of these things, you know, you, you have as a child and you know you like, and so you do those and the things that made you feel a little bit indifferent, you mm. try to make sure you don't overboard, but you make sure that you don't want your children to sense that they're not getting certain things. And and so that's kind of how it shaped me into what I was as a dad. Not perfect. Yeah. You know, we all have some flaws and right. maybe I was a little too soft at times, but, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, that was a good point, too, you made, like, you know, kind of like being aware, like consciously of how you are. Um, so that's 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 a good one. That was a good one. Um, I'll, and like, let's talk about like, you know, teaching like your kids, your sons, like responsibility. Um, you say you talked about like you sacrificed, uh, you switched careers just to have yes. spend more time or right. to, to know like, hey, like this is not the trajectory of how I want to parent and be involved with my kids because I'm missing out. Now I'm, I'm right. changing careers so I can have that that time to spend with my sons. Um, right. So that's that was a, a huge, uh, yeah. huge shift for you um right. to to do that i mean i know a lot of people that wouldn't do that because they look at their job as being more important than their family and mm -hmm. this is what i have to do opposed to like you know this is not nah, this is things i have to sacrifice to do because you know this is what's important 
like the value right. of my family. Right. You know, um, when I was working in my past career, I was in a jewelry industry. Mm. And I remember coming home and I think Michael was four and a half or five. Must have been um, probably four and a half. And he yeah. said, Dad, why are you gone all the time? Oh, man. And I tried to explain to him that I was in an industry that in December represented 50 to 60% of my entire year. Mm. So I had all these stores I was managing and I needed to be there. You know, it was part of my responsibility. And trying to explain that to a kid who just wanted to see his dad just never made sense. So I ended up at the end of that conversation telling him I'm going to change jobs. And within one year, I changed jobs. Wow. And from that point forward, it just opened up my time to be with them and try to go to their sporting events, spend more time with them, spend just do more things with them. And, and so that's how that, that all came about. That's, uh, that's beautiful, man. That's, uh, mm -hmm. you, hey, you, you are a dad, a great one. Yeah. At that. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary, you know, because yeah. it was tough. And that's, uh, you know, that's why, you know, we're here. We having these conversations and that's why I wanted to, you know, do this because there's a dad out there that is, you know, working his job that knows that, you know, I, I need a change, right? I need to do something yeah. differently so that I can be available to my kids the way I should yeah. be. Uh, so right. it definitely is, uh, definitely gonna resonate with someone out there, you know? Um, so let's talk about faith. I know you're a man of faith. Uh, yeah. great faith uh and your spirituality is very strong uh, and um let's talk a little bit about the spiritual uh involvement that you have uh within within your family so um my wife and i you know we're both christians and uh, so when our boys were born um right away we you know obviously got them involved in church um you know put them in a nursery when they were two weeks old and uh, they hadn't missed their whole lives. You know, it was just a just a decision that we wanted them to grow up in church and understand who the Lord was and is. And so we put them in a private Christian school because we wanted them to learn good values. We wanted them to learn, you know, how to read, how to write, how to, you know, music, you know, mathematics. I wasn't necessarily interested in some of the other things that a lot of schools are trying to teach. I was more interested in them getting educated and then, you know, through, you know, family, then I could teach them about some of the other things that I thought were going to be important. Yeah. And I didn't want a public or any other school to influence what my kids were being taught from a social standpoint. I just wanted them to learn how to read and write and so forth from which I feel is what the school's job was. Hmm. And so any of the other stuff, we try to teach them ourselves. So we started going to church and they grew up in the same church their whole lives until we moved here nine years ago. And they were involved in all the groups, you know, all the youth groups and all the different things that they could get involved with. And they were playing piano. They learned how to play the piano very well and the violin yeah. and they played sports. They were very active in sports and they were both straight A students. And so, you know, we go to church Sunday morning. We'd have a service and then Sunday night it was church service and Wednesday we'd have a Bible study and all the kids would go to a separate place and they hang out with their buddies and and learn learn Bible scriptures and yeah. and I think ultimately you know it just set a moral compass for them um, 
because really, you know, um, I felt that it, it was not the church's responsibility to rear my children, but I did think it was a good compliment. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, then we would have family devotions. So what we would do is after dinner on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or th- uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we, after dinner, we'd, um, we'd have these little Bible study books. We'd open them up and each one of my sons would read a paragraph. And then afterwards, we would talk about what did you learn? What, did the, what, is, what do you think that you learned today? What is this? How is this speaking to you? Yeah. My wife had a major influence because she's very diligent. And she's very disciplined. So she really um, would encourage me to do that. And so we would do that as a family. And I think that they learned a lot that way. And then um, I think from a, from the faith standpoint, you know, when we would go through different things in life, you know, we, we would all know that, hey, we can pray together and we can have faith that things are going to work out. And typically they did. Yeah. So the faith really, I think, um, helps children that are insecure that helps kids that are, have, um, you know, that have fear in their life or anxiety. I think a lot of times faith gives them strength to know that there's a God in heaven that's concerned about their well-being. So that really gives them a stability that, you know, because if you if you make them dependent on a person their mm. whole lives, people will disappoint them. Mm. It's inevitable. Right. We as people will disappoint our family, our kids, you know, our spouses. But I believe if you let them trust in a God who won't. Now, God won't always give us what we want, and he won't always give us what we understand, but he'll always give us what's right. Right. And I think that is a very strong, secure point for kids to know that there's a God in heaven that loves them, and he's not going to disappoint them. Right. And that may be a matter of interpretation, but the way I look at it is I'm building strength and pillars for my sons. So when they grow up and they have their own families, they can build that security into their family because amen. that's, that's a big issue of fear in people's lives. Yeah. Hey, amen. I, uh, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And that's, uh, this, um, you know, our faith is strong in my household mm-hmm. and that's something that, uh, obviously my, my son is two and a half years old, but yeah. you know, we, we attend church and, you know, we want to be around, you know, those like-minded, our community of, of Christians right. and, you know, people that Amen. are high in faith. Um, so they believe and that's what Mark nine, um, Mark nine was the Mark nine 24. I think it says, uh, I believe, but help me with my disbelief. Yeah. My unbelief. Yeah. My unbelief. Yeah. My yeah. Unbelief. Yeah. That's, that's a powerful verse because those are when we don't understand. Yeah. And when we, you know, the, you know, we're not supposed to be anxious. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Right. Like, don't worry, I have you. Yeah. And that's why you see a lot of kids today on medic- medicine yeah. because they're anxious and they're anxious because of fear. The, the anxious is anxiety caused by the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Oh, you got to worry about us today. Right. And that's something you try to instill in your kids. Right. Just, let's just work on today. That's it. Man, it's uh, a friend of mine, he, he recommended it's what in, the prior episodes he recommended a couple books so i've been reading reading it and you know that's a lot of our limitations and restrictions as parents like our self-imposed limitations we have as parents we impress that upon our kids and exactly. that and that's the fear you know and yeah and that's but also that's the fear we have as parents 
that we, mm-hmm. you know, kind of put that onto our kids and, and they, they can feel that type of energy and they, they see that behavior. And now it's like, you know, why am I this way as an adult is because my parents were this way. So it's right. a lot of like Very reprogramming true. and reconditioning that I had to um, do myself and undo just to become the person I am today. And just having that faith as strong as it is, uh, believing in my God, it's like, you know, I know that he's taking me everywhere that I need to be. Uh, he's mm-hmm. bringing information into my life. You know, I started this podcast. I'm talking to phenomenal fathers, dads like yourself um, to have this conversation, uh, really uh, like solidify and um, to reassure, you know, that that love and um, trust that I have and, and, and God, you know, so, um, and I wouldn't be the man I am today, you know, without, without, uh, Jesus. So, um, and these are, these are tamer, how people write great books. Yeah. Like what you just described is your journey. Um, you know, by journaling or by writing all this down, you know, when you think about the legacy of your son and you think about what you can give back to him. Yeah. Everything you've described to me, sounds like somebody who had a great dad at home somebody who was trained somebody who was structured somebody but that may not be the case in your situation but would it just show you that if you put your faith other than a human that and you're coachable and uh and you really are seeking the path to go down there's always a right path there's always a v my brother there's the right path and there's the not right path right Right. And the difference between the two is character. Hmm. And when you take the right path, it's that your character urge, your character strength is in the right place. And if you can just keep going, that's a great thing. That's a legacy to pass on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like let's when we talk about like values and principles, what are the ones that you hold the most like uh like for your family, like when it comes to values and principles? You know, you find the most important. Yeah, I think the most important one is is probably just being open. You know, like I've always said to my sons, you know, the best value is just to be honest, hardworking, you know, the character, you know, do do what you should be doing when no one's looking, you know, do do what you can do without quitting. Mm. You know, I, I was reading something my son wrote. He said, you know, for him, it's it's playing like you're going to win a game, even though you know you can't. Like there's two seconds left in the game and you're down by 40 points, but you still think you're going to win. Right. That's the mentality that I think I've told my sons, you can't quit. So if they ever signed up for a sport, I'd say, I'll do it. But if you don't like it, you can't quit. I remember my son, Matthew, when he was a freshman in high school and I used to wrestle. So I wrestled for six years I said son you want to try out some wrestling he goes yeah dad you know he's all into it until he went to practice <laughs> <laughs> and he said I said are you sure man he said yeah dad so I took him bro he hated it. Yeah. But you know the lesson was he finished it yeah that's good so I think the value was you know you start you finish I think yeah. another value of character is you got to honor what you do you know my wife probably was the one that really instilled this on them and it was probably something that I could have done a much better job with. She'd say, if you're going to vacuum, you vacuum like, you know, because we gave him chores. If you're going to vacuum, you vacuum like you're a professional vacuum person. 
And I one time said to my wife, I said, honey, I'm not rearing, you know, um, house cleaners. And I'm, a, I'm like a meticulous, crazy, uh, you know, I, um, I want everything perfect, but I just said, I'm, I'm not trying to rear, you know, house cleaning. And my wife said, neither am I, but if they're going to do something, make them do it right. I like that. That was the lesson she taught me. If they're going to yeah. do it, do it right. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. Cause that's how my mother was. So yeah. I think it was just, don't do something haphazard, like do it right. Right. And, uh, you know, if you can get an A in school, don't get a B. Right. If you, if you, if you can do better then do better, if you can't do better then do your best, but if you can do, and you're not, then we have an issue. Right. Right. So those are some of the things that I try to teach them, um, you know, in terms of faithfulness, you know, I would always say to them, you know, um, you don't know this, but one day you're going to need this. Everything's going well for you now, but one day you're going to need this. Yeah. And the one thing I really try to teach my sons, brother, and this is going to be, I think, the value that probably will do the best for them is to respect their mom. Mm. Because it's training for a wife. And if they don't respect their mom, they're not going to necessarily be a great husband. Right. Because if the mom who loves and adores you, you know, and who makes you do things you don't want to do, you end up marrying a wife and you don't have that baseline respect, there's typically going to be an issue. Right. Right. Yeah. So I taught my sons when they were little how to open their mom's door, which they still do, how to let her go first. You know, when they go down the stairs, you don't let the woman go first. You go first because if she falls, she'll land on you. If you're going up uh, stairs, you let the woman go first. You let her go up three or four, five steps before you. So you're not looking under her dress, you know, and just let her get out of respect, go up front. And then you just wait and out of respect, then you go up after she falls backwards. You're right there to help her. And that's life. You know, you want to show a lot of respect. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried to, I've tried to teach them that, that, that is critical. Now I've always done a perfect job of that. No, I mean, the boys, you know, they get to a certain age where they don't want to necessarily listen to mom anymore. And just, you know, so you just have to kind of remind them in a loving way yeah. um, that, you know, this is your mom, you know, and I still have those talks with them all the time, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that's a critical lesson that a dad can teach his, his son is you have to be respectful. And I think the other thing you have to teach them through modeling is how to love their mom as a husband. Right. Absolutely. If you don't love your wife, your kids ain't going to love their mama. And that carries a long way. You know, if you don't have respect for your mom, how are you going to have respect for, you know, any woman that comes, comes into your life? So, and I always think, you know, when you like, right. you know, have that level of respect and, you know, you are loving yourself, you know, then that's that type of uh, inner balance that you have for yourself. It's, it's going to show externally too. you'll show that respect towards the people around yeah. you, the family, mm -hmm. the fam like everyone. So, um, I appreciate that. Well, so like, yeah. you know, us wrapping up, like, so you have any advice that you want to share with, uh, with all the fathers out there that's listening? Be present. You know, my wife would always say, be present, you know, yeah. we'll know what's happening, which I, you know, tried, but you know, as a man, sometimes we're not as intuitive as women, women are intuitive. 
And I will, my, one of the advices I will give you is listen to your wife. Hmm. Like your wife has a certain intuition that God gave them that we necessarily may not have. Yeah. And when your wife is suspiciously thinking something, um, take her advice. Because your wife has this sense that if there's something, uh, number two, you have to, um, you got to give them some space, but don't let them hang themselves. Yeah. In other words, you give them enough rope a little bit at a time, but don't give them too much because boys will hang themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you just got to be, you know, incrementally giving them some space, you know, and you got to build in the trust factor. And lastly, I'd say that um, what you said earlier about the fear that we have as parents, you know, one of my son is a financial analyst and he wants to work a nine to five job. My other son, Michael, started his own company, you know, uh, winner marketing, and he um, has a marketing company that he's building and he's doing pretty well with it. And I've told him, he, he said, Dad, I don't want to work a nine to five. I don't want to work with anyone else. And I said, Michael, this is the best time to start your own business. So he lives here downstairs in a separate room. He's got his business going and I'm just encouraging him. I don't have any, no pressure. He's 25. He's highly intelligent. He's working hard at it. So I don't have any pressure on him. Mm. I'm just trying to encourage him because I want him to be the best version of himself. Mm. And if, if it's having his own business, then so be it. If Matthew wants to work nine to five, then I encourage that. And I try to push that because for me, I want them to be their best, best. And the only way I think we do that as dads is by showing them that we respect what they're, what they're doing as men and we respect who they are as men. And if we can show respect, they get confidence in that. And I think that's how they'll move forward. Yeah. That's uh, that's great advice. You know, I think that we are also giving our best and being that example for them and, kind of obviously every every uh soul has their own path and yeah what's for them their own purpose and our job is to just you know i know that you know you're just a great example for your sons you know i know you personally and and michael don't know matthew all that well but he seems like he's a very like highly intelligent like you know super successful so um you know it's my family man we fan that's it baby that's (laughs) it that's right yeah. I love your family and I'm very proud of you. I think that what you're doing um, as time goes on will reveal itself because I think these are the types of platforms for men to express themselves. And what we're looking for are nuggets. Yeah. And when you have 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 nuggets, brother, you've got a bag of gold. Right. You've got a bag of gold because yeah. there's no book. There's a lot of books on how to be a dad until you become a dad. Right. Right. Yep. Because everything, everything you had as a child comes out in marriage. Every attitude, every um, temper tantrum, every reaction, every distraction you had as a child growing up in a family environment comes out when, when you get married. Yeah. And every reaction you have as a dad came from a reaction that you got for, as a kid. Right. So if you can sort of discern the right actions at the right time that Mm -hmm. are going to be beneficial to what you're trying to teach your children, you're going to be in good shape. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. So write a book, brother, write a book. (laughs) Hey man, I'm getting there. It's on, it's definitely on my list, my dream list. Okay. Fantastic. I'm, um, I'm, I'm knocking out these goals, man. You know, one day, one day at a time. Um, and that's, uh, and that's where I'm at always kind of leveling up my consciousness so that, you know, I'm not, 
reacting out of my unconscious. So I'm empowering, yeah. and enlightening yes. my, my son every single day and, and, yeah. and doing what God has that. for me. Yeah. So, Amen. That's and, fantastic. And just being engaged, you know, hundred percent. That's awesome, bro. So, and That's I, awesome. I can tell it's, it's, yeah. it's obvious. Yeah, man. So, you know, I just want to appreciate and, uh, you know, thankful for you sharing your time and, and being here today, hey, man. uh, being a guest on, uh, yes, this episode. Um, this, again, this is, uh, Steve Carrillo. Uh, you guys been listening to episode 11 and this is fatherhood, the involved father later.